Honest, real, raw, true conversation and prayer with God. as a new creation of Jesus Christ. Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. Now is a great time to grab your weeklies and head to your seats if you haven't already because the service starts in 90 seconds. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free. with him. Grow in your walk with him. Get closer to him. Spend more time with him because he's better. If you want your life to get better, then get around the one who is better. Get around Jesus. Get around the one who has power to change and transform your life. Get around the one who has the perfect grace for you and the perfect love for you and the perfect joy for your soul. Listen, he is better. 
We are so happy to see you today. I'm looking forward to today's impacting service. During this service, you may have some questions or comments or prayer requests. If you do, go to churchexperience.tv backslash connect or pull out your camera app and scan the QR code to connect with this or you could even hit that subscribe button if you, you wanna know what's going on here at Church Experience. We're always glad to hear from you, to get back to you and to be praying for you. Guess what time it is? It's time to spend time worshiping God through songs. Let's jump in, participate, and let God speak to us during this time. I count on one thing 
The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I Father, we just thank you today. God, we count on you. We lean on you. We trust you fully, God. And today we choose to praise you for all our days, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for what you'll continue to do, Lord. Father God, I pray that you would just lift us up. Keep us in your hands. Keep us in your sight, Lord, while we seek your face. And it's in your heavenly name that we pray, Jesus, amen. On the 28th of September, 2022, Hurricane Ian hit the west coast of Florida, a category four, almost category five storm.
So as a church, we wanted to support. We felt compelled to help this community and this area that were so badly hit. We have a church experience site that is getting ready to launch in the Cape Coral region run by John and Stephanie Hinton. We, we rallied as a team and, and, and gathered resources and drove down. The drive down to the Cape Coral region, we saw many trees blown over, um, much destruction along the way, roofs blown off, um, buildings that were destroyed. And as we got closer and closer to the area, the destruction seemed to get worse. So the CE family, we gathered, we, we, we rallied, we got resources, we got people to donate supplies, we got people to donate finances, and we got people to donate their time and their energy. And we gathered a team of people and we went down to the Cape Coral region. There was an excitement in the air. There was something incredibly special and humbling, but rewarding at the same time as being a part of this, this team that went down. There was an anticipation almost in the air to not knowing what to expect, seeing the devastation, being humbled at what we saw, but just being a part of, a small part of just giving hope to these people. So there was a particular family that was part of our, um, our launch team in, in Cape Coral and their home was badly affected. The storm came through and ravished their home. They, part of their roof blew off. Um, they, they lost their shingles. They lost their, their air conditioning. They were pretty badly hit. We were able to bless this family with a substantial check that would help them recover and rebuild their, their home at this time of crisis. So part of our team that came from CE and went down to the Cape Coral area, a lot of this team broke up and went and they got their hands dirty. They had chainsaws. They were removing garden debris. There was a, there was a particular home that had a tree that had fallen down onto the roof and they could not have power restored until this tree was removed. And our, our, our CE work team got, got in and got this tree and chainsawed and removed the branches and removed it off the home so that they could have power restored. It was incredible to just be a part of of, of bringing help and bringing relief to this region. It was amazing to see how grateful these people were for the assistance and for the help. So how many setbacks and slowdowns have you experienced so far in life? My guess is way more than you can count. Way more than you want to remember, right? Well, unfortunately, I have some bad news for you today. No matter how many hard spots that you've hit so far in life, there's more to come. <laughs> this is not the best is yet to come message, right? This is like more hard time is yet to come. And I know what you're thinking. Thank you, pastor. I'm so glad I came to church today to be encouraged with this wonderful news that I have more hard times coming in my life. But it's true, right? I mean, we, we know this. It's not true just with us. It's true with the people that we care about. I mean, you might have some friends or family members right now going through an incredibly hard time. It's not a matter of if we will face setbacks and slowdowns in life. It's a matter of how will we respond when we hit those hard spots. Today, we're beginning this new teaching series called Rebounding. And we're talking about rebounding and bouncing back from the hard things that we face in life. Did you know the definition of rebounding is this? To bounce back after hitting a hard surface or object. Right? And, and we face a lot of hard surfaces in life, right? And it's like sandpaper and it's grinding on us and it's hard to even get through it. But if we can learn these lessons in this teaching series about how to rebound back from hard times, God can help us grow in our faith, gain momentum in our character and move forward with mission for God. I mean, there's so many good things that God wants to do in your life, even through the hard times. He wants to help you bounce back and rebound like never before. 
Hey, I don't know how many of you are following the World Series right now. In fact, I'm just curious if we could all just participate. I'd love to have you raise your hands. But, but how many of you are pulling for the Phillies to win the World Series? Okay. How many of you are pulling for the Astros to win the World Series? Okay. How many of you are like, what's the World Series? I don't even know this thing's going on. Like, are we talking baseball here? <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Hey, you know, whether you're a baseball fan or not, I think you'll find this interesting. Over the 2022 season, the top 10 hitters in the major leagues, right? I mean, these are guys that are being paid millions of dollars to play the game. The top 10 hitters, their batting average, the, the top 10, their batting average out of 1,000 was between 302 and 326. The highest one was, was 326, their batting average, which means that more than two out of three times that they stepped up to the plate, they did not get a hit. Right? The whole major league average hovered somewhere around 250, which means these guys, again, many of them being played millions of dollars to hit that baseball. The, the league average was three out of four times they stepped up to the plate. They did not get a hit. They did not accomplish the mission. Three out of four times, which means that you can fail and still epically win the game of life, right? Which means that sometimes you will fail, you will have setbacks, things will not go well, yet it doesn't mean that you are out. You might be down, but it does not mean that you are out. Here, here's a foundational lesson for where we're going today. You can still win even if you strike out. Yeah, maybe you wanna write that down today because it's, it's for you, it's for somebody you love that you can strike out in life, you can go through hard times, but you can still rebound and bounce back from those difficult seasons and experience great highs that God has for you. God's not finished with you. And so today we're gonna study this, this message and this topic that I, I hope will be encouraging for you, especially if you're going through a hard time. If, that, if that's the case, God may have brought you here today just to hear this message. And maybe it's not for you today. Maybe it's for someone in your life that's going through a hard, hard season. I hope that you'll, you'll lean in, take some notes, and let God speak to your soul so you can pass this on. But today we're going we're gonna to look at Genesis chapter 37. If you want to power on your Bible and open up to God's word here in, in Genesis 37, we're going to look at a story of a man who faced tremendous, tremendous adversity in his life. Yet through all that he faced, he would come out winning, so to speak, with God's mission in his life. Like God would get great glory. Many amazing things would happen through his life, even though he faced a tremendous amount of setback. The rebound in this guy's step was incredible. And so we're gonna look at his story. His name is Joseph. And before we read from Genesis 37, I gotta tell you a little bit about Joseph. He's the son of a man named Jacob, who was the son of a man named Isaac, who was the son of a man named Abraham. Now Abraham, if you know your Bible history, is Father Abraham, the patriarch of our faith, right? God came to him. And he said, I'm gonna establish a covenant relationship with you and I'll be your God and you'll be my people. It went on to become the nation of Israel, right? Because Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob and Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And he had these 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And, and Joseph, who we're looking at today, our rebounder, Joseph, he was one of those brothers, but he was a favored son among his brothers. And how many of you know from experience that having a favorite child does not go well with the other siblings, right? So, so they hated Joseph. These other brothers did. And, and one day, dad sent Joseph to go check on his bros or out taking care of the livestock, and they see him coming, and they hate him, right? And, and they hate him not just because he's favored, but he also had these dreams. They were actually God-given dreams that one day he would rule over them, but he, he opened his mouth and he shared these dreams right? Because there's a difference between what God gives you and how you handle what God gives you. And, and, and he shared this news that he was going to one day rule over his siblings. And so they really hated him for this. And so they see him coming and they decide, you know, let's just kill him. Let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of this problem. And so they decide to do just that. And they, they grab him and they throw him in a pit. They throw their, their own flesh and blood, their own brother into a pit. And that's where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37, verse 25. As they sat down to eat their meal, they, they looked up and they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. <laughs> and some of you aren't feeling so bad about your sibling that you grew up with. You thought they were a terrible brother. They were a terrible sister. You're thinking they were that bad now, right? These guys, they're going to kill them. And they're like, let's not kill them. Let's just sell them into slavery. That'll, that'll be better. Verse 28. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. This is crazy. The very people that should have had his back 
the ones that should have cared for him and nurtured him and supported him in his dreams. Hey, hey Joseph, you go after that dream. I'm with you heart and soul. Uh, instead, they, they sell him off into a distant country, into slavery. You know, Joseph, this is unfortunately not his last hard spot, but this is an incredibly hard spot that he hits. He runs right into this thing, and he's going to rebound really well, but, but right now in this moment, he's not thinking about the rebound. He's thinking about what happened, right? What happened? Have you ever had one of those moments where life, just the bottom fell out on you? You know, this happens sometimes to us when we're, we're dreaming at night. You know, some nightmare happens, some crazy thing happens, and, and we're like terrified. And then we wake up, and we realize that it was just a dream. Have you ever had this happen? And you are the most thankful person on planet Earth, right? Because whatever it was that was chasing you or whatever you were falling down on, like it wasn't real. It was just a dream. And so you wake up thankful, and you're thankful for like the next 10 days, right? You're just, whoo, I'm so glad that that wasn't real. But then on the other hand, we have those times where life falls apart on us and we're pinching ourselves, and we're like, please tell me this is one of those dreams. Tell me I'm going to wake up any minute, but you don't wake up. You look around and you're like, this is my new reality. Everything fell apart. Perhaps that's you today. And listen, if, if that is you, there, there is great encouragement for how you can bounce back and rebound from such a difficult life circumstance. Because this is exactly where Joseph was. He looked around at his reality. He's not around his family anymore. He's not around his country that he grew up in. He's headed for a distant country, and he's lost his freedom. He's lost everything for all intents and purposes. He's lost it all. Now, his brothers sell him into slavery, and what I find interesting here is if you fast forward in the story, their whole nation, the whole nation of Israel, would actually be transplanted to Egypt through this act. They, they would go over there at first to find food, and they would follow Joseph later on in the story but they would eventually be enslaved in the nation of Egypt, their, their entire country. So that, that means these brothers who sold out their brother into slavery, their children and their children's children, their grandchildren, like future generations of their entire tribe, their entire family would all become enslaved because of their act of sin, selling their brother out. Now, of course, this was all part of God's big plan, what he allowed, but, but, but they sinned. They, they sold out their brother. They lied to their, their father about what happened. They told him that he, he got killed, but... They actually sold them. Their, their act of sin actually enslaved their entire family in the future, which tells us that sin has far-reaching consequences. Sin is dangerous. It's costly to us. And some of us, the situation we're trying to rebound out of right now, the situation we're trying to recover from, what got us there was sin. It might have been your sin, might have been someone else's sin, but, but that's the core of it. That's what got us there. And it's, it's that sin that has far-reaching consequences that can affect your future, your family, future generations. This sin is, is costly. It's costly. We don't see it when we're getting into it. This last weekend, I had an opportunity to go out with some good friends, and, and uh, we went to a, a local restaurant called uh, Crown and Bull. And it's right here in the city uh, where our, our central campus is located, uh, right here in Dunedin. And we were downtown. And if you look at this restaurant on the outside looking in, it's on Main Street. It's just, it just looks like a little hole-in-the-wall place. And when you walk in the door, same thing. It's just this, this narrow, small little restaurant. But if you walk through the restaurant into the courtyard that they have out back, it's amazing because you walk out the door and it's expansive. It's a beautiful courtyard. There's this big oak tree in the center that they light up at night. It's a beautiful setting. And so they set us at this nice table on a little upper deck outside up against the wall. And we sit down ready for a, a great conversation. My wife Jennifer's there, and we're just, we're just in this, this conversation, and it's, it's nice. But then there's this bee that starts hovering over our heads. Now, I don't really like bees all that much. I, I used to be a severe overreactor. So I'm one of those people, the bee comes around, I'm swinging at it, and I'm swatting at it. But then, but then you realize over time that the people who swing at the bees are always the ones to get stung, right? So you learn to be a little more calm later, later on in life. And so, so I, I, I'm composed now. So I'm just gently swiping my hand at this bee, and he's flying away. But then a couple minutes later, he comes back with a buddy. And now there's two bees circling our heads. So I pick up my menu, and I'm just gently waving my menu until the bees fly away. I'm like, this, what's up with this? You know, I guess, I guess that's part of eating outside. So we go on in our conversation. The waiter comes over. He's, he's taking our order down. Now we're putting our, our food order in. And, and, and then the, the bees come back. But it's not just two this time. It's three, four of them. They're circling overhead. They're landing on our table. They're, they're everywhere. I'm, I'm telling my friend, I'm like, you know what? I, I think there must be a beehive somewhere out here close to our table. I don't see a beehive, but I see bees everywhere I look. Maybe a half a dozen now have joined us. And I'm, and I'm swiping my hand. I'm using my menu. I'm swiping these things away, but they keep coming back. And, and they're all over. 
right? But, but we're already here. We're already committed. Our food order is in. So, so we're in it to win it, right? So, so we're just trying to deal with it. No, thankfully, no one's got stung, but we're still in this conversation. But now there's a whole bunch of bees. And we realize that they're all culminating around this end of the table. And so we think, why don't we just see if we can move our table over about five feet away from the bees? And so we, we together move our table and we look underneath and the person had sat there before us must have spilled some soda on the ground because there's a whole bunch of bees that we didn't know about underneath our table, right where our feet had been. My friend counted 22 bees that were right there. Now I never, ever would have sat down at a table where there was 22 bees at that table. Like, are you kidding me? That's a nightmare. No way, no how. But it just started with one and then it was two and then it was four. And eventually we were surrounded by it. And they were there probably the whole time, but we just didn't recognize it. But we were in the midst of something very dangerous. 22 bees can be dangerous. And some of you were just like, just one little decision. It wasn't that big of a deal. I was just having a little fun. Everybody was doing it. Yeah, I just, I just cheated a little bit. Just one lie. Just one little click. Just one time. And, and it wasn't that big of a deal on the front end, but you didn't realize how costly it would be. One decision here for his brothers, for Joseph, to sell him out. One sin. And it, it would enslave their entire nation. See, sin is costly. It is dangerous. Sin will rob you of your freedom. It will steal your peace. It will take your joy. It can harm your future like you can't imagine. Here's the lesson. Sin brings separation and slavery. It brings separation. Separation from everything that you love and slavery. It will, it will enchain you. It will enslave you, literally. The Bible tells us that, that the chains of our sin will hold us fast. And you'll try to break free at some point, and you'll realize that you got stuck further and, and deeper than you ever imagined. Now, not all of the hard spots that we face and try to rebound from are, are because of sin. Sometimes it's other people's choices. Sometimes it's just circumstances. Honestly, sometimes it's just poor decision-making that gets us into a bad spot. Yeah, but we all know what it's like to face those hard seasons that feel like sandpaper grinding on us and we don't know how we're going to get through it. But when you face those hard times, you can know that you're not alone. It's a common experience we've all had. And Joseph, he, he faced it too. I mean, he, he hit this hard spot that was unexpected. I mean, he had big dreams. Remember, his, his journey was going to be up and to the right. He was going to be ruling his family. He had great dreams. But his plans didn't work out. And some of you today, as you hear this message, your plans did not work out like you imagined them. I think it was Mike Tyson who said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Isn't that true? You can have a plan and it's one thing to dream, but man, you start down that journey towards it and all kinds of hell can break loose. And, and that's exactly what happened in Joseph's life. I mean, the enemy's coming after him, it seems like. I mean, everything's falling apart. His family's different. His home is different. His freedom is different. Everything is disrupted. How do you respond when your plans are disrupted? When you face hard times, how do you bounce back and respond. Well, Joseph is sold into Egypt, and we're going to learn some lessons here. Let's, let's drill a little bit deeper into this story. We're going to learn some lessons on how to rebound when stuff like this happens to us. In Genesis chapter 39, let's look down, if you will, with me at verse 1. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Did you see that? The Lord was with Joseph. And some of us are thinking, well, how is the Lord with Joseph? His family has just betrayed him. He's been shipped off to a foreign country where now he's a slave. How is the Lord still with Joseph? It doesn't feel like the Lord's with him. It doesn't feel like the Lord's blessing is on him. Look, your feelings can deceive you, and some of you are feeling like God has abandoned you. But God has promised you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And God was right there with Joseph in the middle of his darkest night. And whatever battle you're in the midst of, whatever valley you're going through, you can know that the Lord has not given up on you. The question is, have you given up on him? See, it's, it's really tempting to give up on our faith journey and it's tempting to give up in the dark times. But God has said, I will not leave you no matter how hard it gets. And Joseph is learning a life lesson. Everybody else has abandoned him. His family's forgotten about him and moved on. They betrayed him, right? Nobody cares about Joseph, but who cares? God cares. And God is with Joseph, just like he cares about you. He cares about your journey. He cares about the things you're going through. Nobody else may understand, but God understands. 
and he's right there with you in the middle of it. Genesis 39, let's look closely again at this passage. It says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. As you can see in Joseph's story, he rebounded really well. With God's help, he recovered to a great place in the midst of a bad situation. God gave him favor. God gave him success. He worked hard. He was faithful. He didn't give up. He kept pressing ahead. He made the most of the opportunity that God put in front of him. Sometimes we're walking through stuff that's uncomfortable and we start walking a different direction. We give up. Jennifer and I like to go to walk, on walks together. In fact, we've been walking together, jogging together since we first got married. And one time early on, we were on this uh, little jog and we stopped, we started walking. And, and Jennifer was just having some fun. And she goes, you know, I think I'm going to do instead of jogging again, I think I'm going to speed walk. And I was like, babe, don't do that. <laughs> and, she, and she could tell I was going to be embarrassed by that. And she took advantage of the moment because I don't get embarrassed easy. I grew up with brothers. It's hard to embarrass me, but she, she realized she had me. So she started actually speed walking. She was just kidding around, but she started speed walking. And she's swinging her hips and her arms. And have you ever seen one of those aggressive speed walkers walking down the side of the road? And you're like, man, that looks awkward. You shouldn't be doing that in public. This is what she was doing to me on purpose because she knew it embarrassed me. And I said, babe, stop doing that. And when she knew she was embarrassing me, it stoked her fire. <laughs> and so she did it even more aggressively. So now it's like an ongoing joke in our relationship. Every once in a while, we're on a walk somewhere, and there's, there's people around. She'll, she'll either say, hey, babe, you want me to speed walk? Or she'll just start speed walking. And I'm always embarrassed. I'm like, babe, I'm going to go the other way, right? You're embarrassing me. You know, maybe like Joseph, you had a big dream when you were younger. Maybe you went public with it. Maybe it was recent. And it didn't turn out exactly how you thought. Maybe the bottom fell out of that dream, broke down on the side of the road, and you're embarrassed by that thing. In fact, you're tempted just to walk a different direction. It didn't turn out how you thought it would. You know, when you're walking through things that are uncomfortable, whether it's you're embarrassed or discouraged, you're in despair, when you're walking through things that are uncomfortable, you need to learn the lesson that Joseph was learning in the midst of his hard time. If you want to rebound out of an uncomfortable situation, you've got to learn to walk with God. When you're walking through the uncomfortable, don't start walking the other direction. Don't start walking down the road of distraction. Walk with God through the uncomfortable, and that path will eventually take you where God needs to get you. Right? But some people, they, they give up on the journey. They give up on the path just because it's not easy. Of course it's not going to be easy. Jesus promises this. He said it will not be easy. In this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Right? And, and God will help you overcome whatever you feel overcome by, but you've got to lock arms with him and walk with him through the uncomfortable. Joseph is learning this, this lesson. It's a lesson that all of us have to learn when we're down. I don't know if you can learn this lesson when things are going well for you, but you've got to learn it one way or the other. It can be one of the biggest blessings to those around you that are going through hard times. And, and the lesson is really simple. is when I'm down, God's not done. I do hope you write it down, but I hope you'll get it into your soul that when I'm down, God's not done. He's not done with you today if you feel down. He won't be done with you tomorrow if your life breaks down. When you're down, God's not done. He's not done. He's got more planned for you, more planned for your future. He's got more planned for your family. And listen, if you've got a child or a parent, somebody you love, and things are down for them, listen, God's not giving up on them. He cares about them. He cares about you, and you might be his agent of encouragement in their life just to say, listen, hey, God's not done. I've been down in my life too, but listen, I know you're down, but God's not done. What an amazing message, and Joseph had to learn this message. But you know, I think some people, they, they, they wallow in self-pity in these times. They become a victim. They have that victim mindset, and they, they point the, the blaming finger at everybody else, at their circumstances, and they, they, they can't even own up to whatever it is that they're responsible for in that time. But look, in the midst of our down moments, the mental battles that we have to fight and win, they're the most fierce in these times. 
Right? This, this summer we had our, our family uh, summer vacation. We went to see our families and we traveled around. And one of the places we stopped was in North Carolina. And we've been going to the same place for 16 years in a row now. And one of the traditions we have there with Jennifer's siblings and her parents and all the cousins and grandkids is we have an annual putt-putt golf tournament. It's just one game, one winner that has bragging rights all year long. And you always want to be that guy because all the brothers-in-laws, all the sisters-in-laws, everybody's going to be talking about this, and so you want to win. And this year I was on pace to potentially win the game, and I was so excited. We're about half a dozen holes into it, and we get to the free Pepsi hole, like a free soda. If you get a hole in one, you get a free drink. And so I, was, I knew it was risky. The, the hole's down in the bunker. If you miss it, you're going to get set back quite a bit. But I wanted to get that free soda because I wanted to win and sip on my soda and tell everybody how I won the championship that year so I was getting a little cocky and so I tried to hit my putt right into that hole in one but I missed the bunker and veered left right? and I land my ball about behind the bunker and man it took me several strokes to get back in the game and I was set back actually never recovered from it never rebounded <laughs> never won the game so I, I gotta wait another 12 months right you know, when we face setbacks and we get behind in the game of life, we feel like we had a bad season. Maybe you, you wish you could get back your college years. Maybe you wish you could redo your early marriage. Right? There's that window in time. It might have been a few days, few weeks, few years, and you wish you could redo it, but because you didn't do it well and you, you didn't win that season, you always feel behind. And, and it's, it's the mental battles are so difficult in those times because you think, well, man, I, I can never recover. I can never get back to where I was, where I should have been, where I could have been. And we want to give up in those times. And here's the thing, like when you feel behind, you've, you've got to remember to keep God out ahead of you. And, and look at God. Don't look about where you've been. You can't drive looking in your rearview mirror. You can't look over your shoulder all the time thinking about all the things that you got wrong. you got to look ahead, look at God, keep him as your vision. Not where you should have been, not where you thought you could have been, but keep God as your vision. Keep Jesus first in your life. You're living to please him, not yourself, not anybody else, not trying to check any boxes and accomplish any goals. That's not the main objective of your life. It's, it's to please him, so keep him out front and center. One of the best things I ever, I ever heard said, said, Andy Stanley, he said, don't drive through life looking in the rearview mirror. Some of you need to forgive and move on. You might need to forgive yourself. You might need to forgive someone who has did something to you in, in your past. But in order to move forward, you've got to stop looking back. And Joseph, he could have looked back to his homeland. He could have looked back to all the places that he had been. But, but he rebounded well because he looked to God and he was faithful to God in this time. But another challenge came. Let's look at the story here in Genesis chapter 39. Take a look at verse, second part of verse six. It says, now Joseph was well built and handsome. All the single ladies here say, where's my Joseph? <laughs> He's right here. And it says that after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Okay, we got some rated R scripture going on right here. And, but he, he refused. He said, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So he's still focused on pleasing God, not himself. He's not angry at God because of all that God did to him. He said, no, I want to please God. I'm not going to do this terrible thing and commit adultery before God. And it says, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. He wouldn't even be around her. She was troubled. Some of you got some trouble in your life that you need to put some distance between you and that trouble. Right? You're flirting with it. You need to just put some distance. Like don't even go near the door of that house. And, and here, here's what Joseph is experiencing. He's experiencing the temptation in the middle of a trial. And that sandwich, those two things together are some of the hardest battles to win. Because when you're down, you feel like you're justified in your sin. Well, hey, I'm already down here, right? I'm already defeated. Why not? I've already messed up and failed. Why not just take a few more steps down that road? <laughs> Why not have a little fun while I'm here, right? The whole house is burning down. Why not just, just give up? But Joseph, even though he's in the middle of a really difficult situation, he decides not to indulge in sin because he knows how costly sin is. He knows it cost him his freedom. It cost him his family when his brothers sinned. They sold him into slavery. He knew how costly sin was, and he said, I'm not willing to pay that price. I'm not going to sin against God. See, some people, when they're in the midst of a trial, instead of rebounding, they relapse. They relapse into sin. They relapse into despair. They get pulled further down away from the destination that they're trying to get to because they hit something hard. They hit a hard spot, 
a slowdown, a setback. But Joseph doesn't do that. He doesn't justify his sin just because he's in the middle of a mess. And here's the lesson. Justifying sin because of your situation only enslaves you longer. It, it'll, it'll keep you there a whole lot longer. It will cost you a whole lot more. Justifying your sin will never pay off for you. And no matter how bad it is, it can get worse. Trust me, it can get worse. And there's a whole lot of worse that you don't want to experience. That's why you want to rebound. You want to, you want to push back, press in. Take hold of God. Walk with him. I, I watched on my parents' deck uh, earlier this year. They had some lights out at night, and I was there at dusk, and, and there was a spider web. I just had a close eye, and I was just watching the spider. He's hanging out right in the center of his web, and, and there's a, a bug, a mosquito, that landed on his, his web. And this bug was still alive, but it was caught in the web, and I was blown away at how fast that spider crawled across the web, spun a little web around this, this insect, and then it dropped down and went back to the center of the web, and I was just staring at him. I was amazed at how fast he went over there and got his meal. And I kept watching until the next bug flew into the web, and he crawled across real quick, spun a little web around it, dropped down, moved back into the center of his web where he waited for his next prey. <laughs> I was blown away at the speed at which he moved from where he was at until this insect hit the web. He was there in a moment. And the devil, it says that he is roaring like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour he is a hunting lion waiting for you to just dabble in sin waiting for you just one time everybody's doing it no one will notice one click one moment one time look he's just waiting to put his hook into you you just take a little nibble of that bait he's got on the line and he's got you he'll pull you in look the devil will move quickly into the open space in your life that you give him. And you, and you just give him a little bit of space and he'll move right in there. And he'll try to seek to steal and kill and destroy because that's his mission, to get back at God by getting at what God loves, which is you. And when you're down, there's great temptation. There's great temptation in those low moments to sink into sin. And the Bible tells us clearly what Joseph did. He rebounded well by not compromising his character. In Genesis chapter 39, unfortunately, Although Joseph made a good choice, he did not get good results. And by the way, as I read this, just so you know, sometimes you can do absolutely the right things and still get bad results that you would never choose. Every, every time you get bad results, it doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. Genesis chapter 39, look at verse 19 with me, if you will. Verse 19, it says, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your, your slave treated me. He burned with anger. So, he wouldn't be around her. She tried to be with him, and because he wouldn't, she got mad, and she sold him out. She said something that wasn't true. She falsely accused him. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he, he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. As you can see, Joseph rebounded very well. He had a setback, but he rebounded with God's help. God was with him and gave him great favor even there in the prison when he was sold out. He was faithful. Look, don't base your long-term faithfulness on short-term setbacks. You will face slowdowns and hard times, but do not give up on God. Listen, he has not given up on you. Now, some people face you know, certain types of trials and temptations, and they keep, they, they keep running into these, these walls, and they, they, they keep falling back, and they can never get ahead. They can never get past a certain point. It's kind of like if you've seen American Ninja Warrior. There's these big obstacle courses, and they got to get through all these different obstacles to get to the end, and they time it. But there always seems to be an obstacle that, that people always fail at. If you don't know about American Ninja Warrior, just, just check out this quick clip. American Ninja Warrior. From when we started this season at Venice Beach to our final runs here on the Vegas Strip, we've seen some wicked wipeouts. And spectacular falls. competitors have definitely taken a beating. Yet they always seem to bounce back. 
He's okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny watching these people be just wiped out by these obstacles? We probably shouldn't be laughing, but it is hilarious, and that's why everybody watch this show. They want, they want to see him succeed, and they want to see him fail, right? But it's so interesting that there's always a point on this obstacle course that is the problem spot, and, and every, every race contestant has to get through that spot, and when they get there, everyone is, is dialed in, and there's tension in that moment because they want to know, are they going to make it through this spot, or are they going to fall like everybody else did? And it's always funny because they fall in the water and something falls on them. And it's just really entertaining. But it's always that spot that everybody's got their eye on because they know that's the spot that everybody fails at. What's the spot in your life that you keep failing at? What's the spot where you're tempted to give up on God on? What's the spot in your life where you just want to drift into discouragement and not rebound, but instead you want to just drift into oblivion, say, obscurity's fine with me. I'll just forget it. It's just too hard. See, the devil knows what that spot is. And when he gets there, he's going to put all his energy into that spot where you're tempted to give up, where it's hard for you, where you can get distracted. And he's going to try to derail you because he doesn't want you to get to the destination. He wants to knock you down and get you to give up. And when you get knocked down, like Joseph over and over again got knocked down, that's when he, he, he really comes at you and says, just give up, just give up, you're down. Look, you're on the ground, just give up. And some of you, you're hearing that voice in your head today, just give up, you're down, you're down, give up. Give up on God, he doesn't care about you. Listen, God has not given up on you. He's not given up on the dream he has for you. He's not given up on the vision for you. God has so much he wants to do in your life. But while you're down, do not give up. Listen, when a boxer gets knocked down, what is the other boxer that knocked him down saying to him. He's saying, hey, don't give up. You get up, I'm going to knock you down again. Just stay down. And everybody on the winning boxer side is saying, hey, stay on the ground because they want to be on the winning team. Like, don't get up, right? And and the crazy thing is even the people who love the boxer that's on the ground, they're cheering for him, they even will whisper, hey, just stay down. Just stay down. Why? Because they don't want him to face any more pain. They don't want him to take any more punches. Just stay on the ground. But the problem with that is when you're on the ground, you can't win. You can't have victory if you stay in defeat. And every time you get knocked down, God's voice, listen, it's important what voices you listen to. God's voice is always saying, get back up. Stand back up. Get back in the fight. I'm with you. I haven't given up on you. And Joseph, he's faced so many hard times. He's betrayed by his family, falsely accused, thrown in prison. Later on, he's forgotten about in this prison. He's faced setback after setback after setback. I want to give you a visual. Because I don't think uh, many of us understand exactly how this works because, you know, we, we have some kind of a vision in our life. And there's a, there's a destination that we have in mind. It might be for our family, some kind of vision for our future. X marks the spot. We, we know where we want to go, where we want to get. And, and it all started down here with this, this big dream, this big dream in our heart. And it was this idea of what it could look like. And there's all kinds of things that filled that dream. And you're imagining and dreaming and praying about it. But what happens is you set out towards the destination. And, and what happens is you hit a roadblock. You, you hit a hard spot. You, you hit this, this concrete wall that you cannot get through. And you don't know what's going on. And a lot of people, they, they, they give up. They quit right here. They drift into defeat. And their life, they never make it to the destination. They never have that godly family. They, they never find that, that godly spouse. They never change their character. They never become the kind of person that God wants them to be because they hit something hard. And instead of rebounding, they, they fail. They fall back. They stay down. But what I notice about Joseph's life, sold out by his family, those who should have been there for him, that doesn't stop him. He still honors God. And he rebounds. He bounces back off of this hard time. Now, the problem is sometimes when you bounce back and you rebound well, you might still hit another hard spot. That's exactly what happened to him. He's falsely accused, thrown in prison, right? He didn't deserve to be there. He didn't deserve to lose his freedom. He hits another hard spot, right? I mean, he's forgotten about in prison. Just on and on again, Joseph, his life, I mean, it just keeps bouncing off of these different walls in his life. But you know what happened eventually is God would take Joseph exactly where he wanted him to go. It just wasn't a straight line to get there. And your journey and mine, it's not a straight line from the dream to the destination either. There's a difficult road filled with hardships, setbacks, slowdowns. But the key to getting where God needs to take you is to rebound well off those hard spots and to say, God, I'm gonna lock arms with you. I'm gonna walk through whatever challenge that I'm gonna face. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna seek your face and seek your presence. I'm gonna stay in your word and trust you and live for you. I'm not gonna give up on you knowing you haven't given up on me. See, God, I am in it (laughs) to win it. And the victory is not about me. God, the victory is about pleasing you. 
See, sometimes God needs to take us through this journey because he needs to shed off all of the self-centeredness, all the personal ambitions. He, he needs to kind of let us face some hardships so that, that our strength and trust in him, our reliance in him can get stronger. Let, 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 me, let me show you what happened in Joseph's life. Let's look at the last part of this story, Genesis chapter 41. Verse 14. So he's through an amazing supernatural set of circumstances that you can read the whole story here, but I'm just going to skip to the, the final conclusion. Uh, Joseph has recounted a dream. He has interpreted a dream for someone. It's gotten, the word has gotten to the king. The, the king had a dream. He calls for Joseph. Genesis chapter 41. Look at verse 14. It says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon, from the prison to the palace. In a moment, God changed things. He's in the palace, and it says, when he had been shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. This is Joseph's chance. He knew he could do it, right? He did it before. He did it in the prison. That's how Pharaoh heard of him. And all the setbacks in his life, this was his moment. Success is the greatest test of our character. And in this moment, Joseph is given his opportunity to shot, but notice how he handles it. He does not say, I got it all figured out, I can do it. No, the opposite, verse 16, he says, I cannot do it. I can't do it. Joseph, this is your moment to shine. He says, I can't do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. But God. Really, Joseph, the, the same God who allowed you to be sold into slavery falsely accused, thrown in prison, right, forgotten about. The same God that let you go through all of those things. And Joseph says, but God, the same God who's been with me through all the ups and downs of my life. Listen, when you can get to that place where you say, it's, it's not about me, it's not about what I want. It's about pleasing him, the one who has always been with me. It doesn't matter what I go through. I'm not letting go of him. I'm not letting go of his hand. It's all about him, but God. This, this situation seems terrible, but God. But God is in it. And Joseph said, I, I can't even do this thing you're asking, Pharaoh, but but God, God can't. And then finally, the end of the story of Genesis chapter 41, verse 39. Take a look. It's amazing what happens here. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. All my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Look at this, verse 41. So Joseph said, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. What an amazing thing. That God would do all of this for someone who'd been through all of that. Joseph rebounded so well because he never gave up on God. When we were in this family trip, I told you about North Carolina. We took our annual family picture. We had beach balls. We were on the beach, all 10 grandkids, all the siblings, the parents. It was a beautiful thing. I took a few pictures here. And that was just a great time. And you look at that picture, you say, wow, that's, that's, that's a beautiful family. It's a beautiful picture, right? And so, it looks amazing. But what you don't know is the backstory. What happened on the way to that picture? You know, getting all the kids dressed in their outfits. They don't want to put these matching and colorful outfits on. They want to be in their beach gear. They don't want to go down to the beach and take a picture. They want to go down and play in the sand and run out in the water. It's like, hey, hey, come back here. And it was just craziness, getting 10 kids from newborn all the way up to teenager, getting them all to come together and all the siblings and the parents and everybody's preferences. And I got to go to the bathroom and all that. We get down to the beach and they hand us these beach balls, hold on to the beach balls. And, and Jennifer just did a great job creatively thinking of all this and figuring it all out. But, but we're all down there on the beach and, and some of the kids, the grandkids, they, they're holding their beach ball and then the wind is blowing real strong that day starts blowing the beach balls down the beach, like 50 feet down the beach. And, and we're all taking off, running after these beach balls. We're getting sweaty. We get the beach ball, bring it back, and they let them go again, and we're chasing them all over the place. We're trying to keep the kids crowd. They got a smile. It's like it was absolute madness. But then you get the beautiful picture in the end, right? And you would never know all of the things that happened behind the scenes in that picture. And I had not told you. You would just say, that's a great picture. Your life sometimes looks like a disaster, as all of our lives can look like. But God is painting a masterpiece with every stroke. Even through the hardships, the setbacks, the slowdowns, he's painting a beautiful picture. Trust him with the outcome. You be faithful with the inputs. You, you honor God, walk with him, be faithful to him, and trust God will never give up on you. Here's the final lesson. With God, total defeat can rebound into final victory. Total defeat, when you feel totally defeated, it can rebound into final victory as you trust in God. He will be faithful, so do not give up on him. And is that not the story of the gospel in the end? Right, I mean, that God looked down from heaven and he saw the human race, failed miserably in sin, and ruined our whole planet, yet he loved us so much that he wouldn't give up on us in our sin, 
But he was right there with us in it. And he gave us his own son, Jesus Christ, to come 2,000 years ago and die a, a sinner's death on a cross to be our sinless savior. So that when we look to him for our salvation, he forgives us, frees us from sin, sets us free from captivity, forgives us from all of our failures, sets us free to live this beautiful future with him. We trust in him and believe in him. See, God has an amazing plan for you in your future, but, but don't give up on it. When you go through the hardship, rebound like Joseph did and trust that God is still at work, taking you to the destination that he has for you. Right on? Right on. Hey, let's pray together. Hey God, we thank you for never giving up on us. And I pray right now for someone hearing this message that might be tempted to give up, they're going through a hardship, a setback. God, help them rebound. Help them to, to, to bounce back, to not give up. Help them not to sink into defeat and despair, but trust that God, you are at work, moving them toward that dream. And, and God, your dream for us is one thing, it's your presence, it's the presence of Jesus, it's to live for you. And God, I pray that you would accomplish all that you have in mind in our lives. Move forward your plan as we put our hands in your hands and walk forward, even through the uncomfortable, rebounding from the setbacks, trusting in you as we move forward hand in hand. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before our usher team comes forward to receive our tithes and offerings and response cards, Here's a few important things happening with our CE family. Do you love being around people and making others feel right at home? If so, our frontline ministry may be a great opportunity for you to make a big difference. You can still attend the worship service as most of our frontline ministry occurs before and after the Sunday services. There are opportunities to be on the usher team, greeting team, hospitality team, or safety team, just to name a few of the many options available throughout CE. To find out more, write Frontline on your response card. Let's make a difference in our communities by helping people in need. Join us next Sunday, November 13th, as we collect food for all those in need at every CE campus. We'll be distributing food to local food banks to help those in need in each of our communities. If interested, pick up an empty Unleashing Compassion bag today, right after service. As our ushers come forward to collect our response cards and receive our tithes and offerings, God is the ultimate giver who gave the most precious gift imaginable, His Son Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. Our lives are transformed because of Jesus. When we learn to give generously, it changes us making us more like our generous Father. The Bible says that everything we have comes from Him. So when we give, it's actually returning to God what belongs to Him. We're putting God first in our lives and trusting Him to provide for all of our needs. On behalf of every life that is changed because of your generosity, thank you for faithfully giving to God through church experience whether in the worship service, through the website or app, or by mailing in your giving. Your generosity is life-changing for so many people who are experiencing a full life in Jesus Christ. Thank you for being on mission with us to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
It's been an amazing day with you at CE. You may have made a commitment during the service and we'd love to have you reach out and tell us about it by scanning the QR code. If you have any questions or comments or prayer requests, you can scan that same code or go to churchexperience.tv backslash connect. Hope to hear from you soon. If you haven't, check out our Church Experience social media on Instagram or Facebook. Check out our website or the app and make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I've loved our time together and we can't wait to see you next week.